Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, Upgrade, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message he's entitled, Never Give Up. Enjoy this message. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see everyone here today. Are you glad you're in the house of God? Why don't you turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time, right now. I honestly believe that today, and we're just glad you're here today. We welcome all of you. Welcome those that are online this morning, and uh, it's just good to be here with you. Uh, We want to take a moment, though. I want to pray today uh, for the Quinones family. Many of you already know uh, Brother Julio, uh, one of our seniors here in our church, passed away uh, yesterday, and um, he, he was always here worshiping the Lord. I believe he was 78, 79 years old. That guy, man, he, he, was a, he worked hard and uh, helped us renovate a number of things here in our own church and just loved the man. And uh, he would, if, if, you, if you don't remember, he, he, he'd be up here during worship and he, he'd have a whistle. He'd blow the whistle. He's the only one I allowed to have a whistle up here. I remember he turned to me one day and he said, am I okay with those? I said, you're okay. You're okay. Nobody else is okay. You know, and, uh, but uh, he went to be with the Lord. And we want to pray for him, um, his family, his wife Martha also, and uh, Flor. And uh, he had a son named Julio Jr., a number of, of kids and children. And we just want to pray for them. Want to pray for the grandkids, and they're going to miss him. And uh, uh, many of you know he was a fisherman, like to go fishing all the time. And uh, we just want to pray for the Lord to help the family as they mourn the loss of uh, Julio Quinones. So let's pray. Father, we, we come before your throne today. And Lord, you're so good. And Lord, today we pray for the Quinones family as they mourn the loss of Julio. Lord, he's going to be greatly missed. And Father, the church family is going to miss him and his own family and wife and children and grandkids. So we just pray for strength. We pray for grace over the family. We pray today, God, that you help them during this time. And Lord, we know it's a season. And Lord, we know where he's at today. He's in your arms. And we trust in that today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And so we're going to continue this series that we've been talking about, Upgrade. How many... How many need an upgrade? And uh, a lot of us are used to upgrades. You usually get an upgrade in your phone, don't you? And, and, and you usually get a notice where you can be upgraded. You can get another phone or uh, get something new on your phone, however it is. And often we talk about upgrade. We're talking about raising up to a higher standard. Or many times uh, if you're at a job or a place that you work in, Uh, You're upgraded to a higher level of position, maybe a supervisor, uh, any of those things. Maybe when we think of an upgrade, you're thinking of a graph maybe going upward. Or even when you begin to upgrade your values, especially when it comes to your family and you begin to be more responsible, you're upgrading your life to improve your family life. And so uh, there's no greater upgrade that can happen in your life than when you give your life to Christ. He upgrades your life. He changes the way you think. He changes your perspective. He changes your outlook in life. 
your attitude, so many things will begin to change in your life when you allow Christ to come into your life today. And so I'm going to read kind of our theme scripture here out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. And let me read that verse of scripture. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank the Lord for that. All things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. So I'm going to pray as we dive into this message and pray that the Lord will help us as we get into this message today. So Father, we thank you today again. Lord, we're so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful, Lord, for uh, just your goodness. And Lord, I pray today, open our heart, open our minds to the word of God. Remove every distraction, so many things that may weigh on us. Uh, stress, things that are we're going through in our life today. God, remove those right now and help us to hear the word of God. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. And God, let the word of God penetrate our soul today. The word of God is relevant in 2021. And Father, I pray today, minister to people in this house in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. I'm going to talk about something today that all of us here are going to be able to relate to. All of us, there's not a single person in this building that you won't be able to relate to what I'm talking about. But I kind of kind of give you, want to give you a little bit of an introduction and kind of make you think of, about a few things, especially when it comes to improving our lives and what we're talking about an upgrade. Have you ever seen people that you say, man, that person is a really successful person. Maybe they're successful in business. Maybe in some type of way, they're just successful uh, in their marriage. They're successful in their health. You ever seen those people? They're just in great shape. You say, man, you know, that person's just in great shape. Uh, they have a great marriage. And you often wonder, how, how did this happen? You know, or or, or let's just get into Christianity. Maybe this person's a very influential person or a godly person. And you wonder, how did they get there? How did they get to this place? And oftentimes, I remember growing up thinking in my mind, they were just lucky. You know, they just kind of came from the right family. They grew up in the right environment. They grew up under the right conditions, you know. Uh, you, have, you ever ask yourself, why wasn't I born you know, in, in the Jeff Bezos family or the Bill Gates family, right? Or back when I remember the Rockefeller family, you know, why wasn't I born from there, this rich family? And we often think the reason why these people are so successful and they do such, so, uh, get you know, they do so well is because they, they got a lucky break. They got the great opportunity, you know. It's good genetics. That's why they're such in good shape, you know. Uh, they, they got the breakthrough. And often what they say about luck is they say that's when preparation and opportunity cross paths. Uh, and I believe there are sometimes many of that does play into it where people have gotten more than most of us have. But I've also noticed most of the time is this. In most cases, people that are successful, people that are doing well in life and areas of their life, the reason why, it wasn't that they're lucky, is they're consistent. They've been consistent over time. 
And let me just say this. I, I read a quote that says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And I want to apply that in the kingdom of God. And I want to apply that to Christianity. Because a lot of us today, we can watch someone that's living for God and they seem to have their life in order and we say, they're just lucky, they got a break. And you don't realize that these are people that consistently do what other people do occasionally. And it's that persistence, that patience uh, that seems to uh, pay off. You ever met someone that paid off a debt? Some, some, someone that maybe uh, had a large credit card debt and they owed a lot of money. It's usually not a person say, I don't know how it happened. I just paid off everything. I don't know how, I just kind of stumbled, stumbled and all my bills got paid. You ever meet anybody like that? They just kind of paid everything off. Everything just got paid off. It's usually, that's not what happened. They started paying one bill at a time. Am I right? They consistently begin to pay one bill at a time. Or someone that has a good marriage. They just say, you know what? I just have a good marriage. I don't even think about it. You know? It's a little kissy, kissy there, a little kissy, kissy there. And we just have a good marriage. Everything works out. Half the time, I don't even think about it. We just get along. We hardly ever fight. You ever meet people like that? Because I haven't. Most of the time, it takes work to make it work. If you've ever seen someone with a good marriage, they put a lot of work into that marriage. You may not see it. It's consistently working at it. In fact, when you talk to them, they say, man, we prioritize our relationship, and often we get it wrong. So oftentimes we're apologizing and repenting. Am I right? Oftentimes we're trying to do our best uh, to make things right. They work really hard. It's an effort. Or have you ever met someone that's very close to God, and they just tell you, well, I just accidentally got close to God. You know, I was just sinning, I was sinning really wildly, and then one day I just stopped. I don't know, I, I stopped all the bad habits, and I stopped cussing, I stopped doing, it's usually that's not what happened. Usually what they'll tell you is that when they gave their life to the Lord, they worked really hard to allow the Holy Spirit to work in their life. They worked really hard to allow the Spirit of God to Remove some things to die to self. It just didn't happen where somebody just, I just got close to God before you know it. I just, uh, I just started talking to God. God started talking to me. I don't know how it happened. I just kind of stumbled. No, they're consistently doing the small things to get to where they're at. And I'm getting somewhere this morning. It's just part of my introduction because I want to bring out something because good intentions don't bring great results. Okay. It's actions that bring direction and determination. Are you with me? I've read this quote. Many of you probably have heard this quote. It says, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. In other words, if you keep doing whatever you're doing, you're going to get the same results. Until you begin to change what you're doing. Many people, they're hoping for a different future, but they keep doing the same thing. They're hoping for something different to happen in their life, but they're continually doing the same thing over and over. And this is why I want to talk about an upgrade in your life. And I want to humbly say to you, because all of us, uh, there's probably not a single person in this building, uh, you want a, a, a great relationship with God. You want a great relationship with other people. 
You want to do well in life. You want a great relationship with your children. Perhaps you want to be involved in ministry. And the issue is not going to be that you made a few lucky decisions. It's always the result of consistently, seemingly small decisions that you make over time. And you work at it. And you do whatever you can. And when you do those small things, you get big results. A lot of us, so many times, we just want some big break to happen. And really, it's the faithfulness in the small things, right? Being faithful in the small things. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the small, I'll make you ruler over much. There's something to be said about what Jesus begins to bring out. And so many times, we're looking for fast results. And when we don't get the fast result, we get frustrated. When things don't happen as quick as we want to, We want to quit. And so I want to title this message today, Upgrade, Never Give Up. Never give up. Turn to your neighbor and say, never give up. God's looking for people not to quit. Don't be a quitter, man. Never give up. When it comes to the kingdom of God, never, ever give up. So I want to read you a scripture here out of Galatians chapter 6 and kind of prove what I've been talking about today. I know it sounds a little bit motivational speech, what I'm telling you, but today I want to show you through Scripture how God does want to motivate your life. In fact, there's this; these verses here are very prophetic to every person's life, and I like the way Paul brings it out because he brings out a very serious tone about what it is to serve God and what it's going to take. And so in Galatians chapter 6, why don't you put it up on the screen there? It says, don't be deceived. That's a pretty serious tone already. He said, don't be deceived. In the Greek, it says, don't be misled or don't be fooled or don't be an idiot, right? Don't be deceived. It said, look at even my iPad is shouting here. It said, God cannot be mocked. In other words, you can't thumb up your nose to God. You can't say whatever. You ever meet kids like that? Whatever. You can't do whatever to God. God's not mocked. It said, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, you're not going to. It said, a man reaps what he sows. What he's talking about is whatever you plant, you're going to get back. It says, so it tells you right there, it says, a man reaps what he sows. And then it says, a man reaps what, and and whoever sows to please the flesh. Now, when he's talking about the flesh, he's not talking about your skin. He's not talking about your body. He's talking about the sin nature. It says, whoever sows to please their flesh. In other words, you keep wanting to do wrong. You keep wanting to do ungodly things. He said, if you do that, From the flesh, you're going to what? Reap destruction. You're reaping destruction. It's going to come back on you, and destruction is coming back into your life. And then the Bible says, the following, it says, but whoever pleases the Spirit. In other words, if you live a life honoring God, he said, if you please the Spirit, he said, you're going to reap eternal life. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap eternal life. How many are thankful for eternal life? I mean, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. 
and yet he's willing to give us eternal life. And then I love this last part, and this is why I'm telling you, don't quit, never give up. It says, let us not become weary. In other words, words, don't get tired, don't lose heart in doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. For at the proper time, say time, the proper time, not your time, God's time, it says, we'll reap a harvest. In other words, going to come back to you if we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up doing well. Don't give up doing good. He goes, you're going to reap it. It's going to come back to you. So this morning, I want to talk about the laws of sowing and reaping. I'm going to talk about, I remember when I first heard it, uh, when I came to the Lord, I didn't know what sowing and reaping was. I heard a pastor talk about sowing. I thought he was talking about a needle and thread. I said, sowing and reaping, what is that? You know, there's some kind of sowing kit or something. But no, sowing means you're planting. And reaping is the harvest that grows back. So I'm going to talk about what you sow, you reap. And so I want to bring out a couple of things here. If you're taking some notes, I think it'll really help you here. Sowing and reaping. These are laws in the kingdom of God that cannot be broken. For instance, a law is something that is permanent. So if I, if I step off this platform or if I, if I go off this platform, I'm going to fall where? Down, right? I'm not going to accidentally fall up one day, right? I said, oh, yeah, I went off the platform and I fell up. No, I'm always going to fall. It's the law. Whatever goes up must come down, right? So I'm going to fall down if I get off this platform. These are laws that God is saying, whatever you sow, you reap. It's the laws of reaping and sowing. So write this down. You reap what you sow. Number one, write that down. Number two, you're going to reap more than you sow. And number three is you reap after you sow. So number one, I'm going to talk about this. You reap what you sow. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's not a quick, uh, a, a trick question today, but I'm going to ask you a question. Sometimes I'm, you guys know I'm setting you up, but I'm not setting you up today. But I'm going to ask you, if you plant strawberries, what are you going to get back? Thank you. You don't get pineapples, right? You get strawberries. So whatever you plant, you get back. So basically, the, you get back what's corresponding to the seed that you planted. Whatever seed you planted, you're going to get it back in fruit or in harvest. So the Bible is talking about a place where whatever we sow, we're we're going to reap. And so if you begin to sow things in the flesh, again, your sinful nature, if you do things that are ungodly, guess what? That's what's going to come back in your life. But if you begin to sow or plant things that are godly in your life, you're going to reap it back, right? Ungodly things are going to come back to you. You ever met people that are very negative? If you're a negative person, if you're rude to people, if you, if you hate people, if you're unforgiving to people, if you're angry and harsh with people, guess what? It's going to be multiplied back into your life. The Bible says this, Hosea 10, 13, it says, but you have planted wickedness. In other words, you planted evil and ungodliness. And what? You reap back evil. So imagine in your life today that whatever you plant, you get back. This is why so many people today, when I talk to them, they're surprised 
that things are happening to their life, things are coming back to life. Well, what did you plant in your life? For instance, if you go to your job and, and you always end up, you know, you show up late all the time and you half-heartedly work there and you're always hiding and going to the restroom and then after three months you're wondering why you're not promoted it's not the devil you're lazy you're you're sowing laziness don't expect to get the promotion you come back i can't believe that company i'm quitting uh, i'm calling the union there's no union okay forget the union thing you know well i guess there is a union but in the kingdom of god just just work you just need to work so why would you get promoted if you're, you're, you hardly show up on time, you're always calling in sick? I'm not talking about anyone here, not no one in this church. I'm talking about the other church down the street, right? I'm not talking about you guys, but I'm saying, I'm just saying, okay? You ever do that in, in Facebook? Just saying, and just saying. It, it, you know, so it, it, if you're planting selfishness and you're lustful and you're watching porn all the time, and then you expect to have a good marriage, guess what? It's not going to work out that way for you. Can I preach? Can I be real? Okay, I'm going to get a little, a little bit more personal. If you're eating everything you want, all the Twinkies and all the cakes and everything else that you want, and all the chips, and you're drinking a liter of soda every, every day, and a six-pack of beer on Friday because it's Friday. Another six-pack of beer because it's Saturday. And another six-pack of beer because you just want to thank God for the goodness. And you're wondering why you're gaining 50 pounds. And you got to have it. It's not the devil. You're reaping what you're sowing. Am I making sense? So that's what the Bible is talking about. Whatever you sow... You're going to reap. And so it's no wonder so many Christians today, they're wondering, well, it's a curse. It's a curse in my family. No, it's your whatever you're sowing, you're reaping. Well, it's the system. It's the government. It's all, no, no. It's you. You've been sowing that, and it's coming back on you. And let me just say this to, to many of you that have become believers in Christ, if you, if you just became a believer in Christ, we understand when you give your life to Jesus, everything's forgiven. We understand that. But the consequences and the repercussions of some of those things aren't necessarily all gone and forgiven. What do I mean by that? That means if you, your license was revoked before you got saved, B.C., before Christ, right? You, 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 you got your license revoked. And now you get saved, the DMV doesn't give you a letter and say, okay, we heard you got saved, and so we're re reinstating your license. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I mean, I've, I've never seen that. Right? So you got to do your time to have to work and get it back, right? If you owe $40,000 in child support, the state doesn't say, hey, we heard you got saved. Don't worry, the child support, you don't owe it. Guess what? You still owe the child support. You need to pay that, those are your children anyway. That's another sermon. Am I right? That's another sermon. So what I'm saying to you, everything is not necessarily all erased. You still got to reap some of the things that you sowed in your life. But thank God you're not alone. The grace of God's going to help you. The Holy Spirit is going to bring direction. So if I could tell you, if there's just one thing that you can begin to do consistently, how would that change your life? Just one thing. If you just started doing one thing consistently, 
Every, every, every day, you just started, you say, you know, I'm going to make one change. I, I'm going to start telling my wife every day, I love you. I, I, I'm going to, you know, say hi to the neighbor every morning. I'm going to say hi to people. I'm going to stop cutting off people on the freeway in the morning. That, man, well, how would that change your life? I'm going to get to work 10 minutes before it starts. Not trying to tell, punch me in. Oh, hey, I'm going to a little late, punch me in. I know nobody does that here. I'm making all these things up. It doesn't apply to anyone here. I've I, I seen a movie. So anyway, you're calling in. So you're going to go and you're going to punch in. You know, on, uh, you're going to be there on time. If you did these little changes, what would it do for you? If you just started coming to church on Sunday, just on Sunday, you said, you know what? Every Sunday, no matter what, I'm going to be. How would that change your life? Just one thing. Because often it's just the one thing. We did a series a few months ago on the one. Remember, just one thing can make a difference. One extra zero in your bank account. Wouldn't that be awesome? From $500, all of a sudden the bank said we added an extra zero. 5000 Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? 1000 you know. And then they added an extra zero. 10000 Whoa, this is awesome. It, it, you know, so one extra thing that you did in your life can help you. This, I, I love what uh, King David said. He says, one thing I've asked of the Lord in Psalm 27, verse 4. He said, that I will seek after him and that I may dwell in his house of the Lord all the days of my life. Because I just want to be in the house of God. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He said, if I could just do that. Remember, King David, he was rich. He was the king. He could have everything he wanted. But he said, this one thing I asked, if I could just be in the house of God. Remember that moment where it was Martha, Mary and Martha, where they were there. Jesus was at the house in Luke chapter 10. And, uh, and Martha was preparing all the food. You remember that? And Mary was there at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word that Jesus was saying. And, of course, Martha got all upset, and Martha told Jesus, you know what, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. This lady girl, all she wants to be is at your feet. And you know what Jesus responded? He, the Lord answered, said, Martha, Martha. And again, it's like the Brady. Marsha, Marsha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her so one consistent thing in your life that if you started doing you maybe you're just going to pray five to ten minutes every day how would that change your life if every day all you did every day in the morning you just prayed for five minutes or maybe even ten what if every day you just started you just said you know what i'm going to read ten verses in the bible Every day of my life, whether it's in the morning or night, I'm not going to go one day without reading the Bible. I'm going to read at least one, ten verses. How would that change your life? What if you just started being generous? You said, you know, I'm going to be more generous. I'm going to be more generous to people. I'm going to be more good. What if you decided to say, I'm going to be more forgiving? I'm not going to be bitter. You know, how how many know... Bitter, man, it kills you. Bitterness kills you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more, I'm going to be better, not bitter. What if all of a sudden you said, I'm going to just save a little bit of, of money every, every week. Instead of spending the money, I'm going to save some money. 
right? Christian, you need to learn how to save. You need to know how to spend, right? And you need to know how to give as well. Those things, all of that should be part of your life. But what if you just started saying, I'm going to save a little bit of money. And what difference would that make in your life? So let me just tell you that if you don't like what you're reaping, what you're getting back, start changing what you're sowing. Say, Pastor, I don't like all these things that are coming back in my life. Well, then start changing what you're sowing. If you walk in with a jerk attitude, you're going to get jerk attitude back, right? Jerk on jerk, am I right? But if you started being a little bit more happier, a little bit more uh, a gracious attitude with people, guess what? You'll get that in return. But so many of us, we want this greater return, but we don't want to change what we're sowing. We don't want to change what we're putting into it. And I want to just say to you, you're always going to reap what you sow. And this is why it's important as believers, if we want to change the harvest, we got to change what we're planting. So number two, write this down. The second thing here, you're going to reap more than you sow. In other words, the power of the seed, just one seed, whatever you plant, whatever grows up has many more seeds in it. Are you with me? And you reap a harvest. So you always get back more than you plant. This is why we believe in generosity when you give to God. God will give you more than you're giving. God will bless you with more. The more generous you are, the more blessed God, God's going to give you. More blessings is going to come your way. You always give back more than you sow or than you plant. The scripture in Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read it in just a moment. The Bible talks about a man who had a pouch full of seeds, and he began to throw the seed down. The Bible says some of them landed on the pathway. Uh, some of them landed on the rocky ground, and some of it landed among the thorns. And then the Bible says some of it landed on good ground. And the Bible says the one that fell upon uh, the, the pathway, it says uh, uh, they didn't do so well. In other words, they, they didn't have any roots in it. The rocky ground uh, was shallow roots. And the one that landed upon the thorn, the Bible says the, the, the seeds were choked out of it. But the one that landed on good ground, you know what the Bible says? What came back, uh, some 30-fold, 100-fold, 60, or 60-fold, 100-fold. In other words, there was a greater return from the seed that was planted in good ground, they got a greater return back. So I want to say to you is uh, how are you planting those seeds? Are you planting it in good ground or bad ground? What kind of seeds are you planting today? What kind of attitude in your marriage, in your relationship with people? See, I believe this morning you get back more than you put in. You get the compound effect, right? It comes back to you, that compound effect. In other words, when you plant it in the right soil, man, I'm telling you it's going to come back to you. So I'm going to give you kind of a funny illustration. It's kind of corny, but laugh. You know, just act like you're enjoying it. It makes me feel better. I feel encouraged, okay? I know it's kind of corny, but I'm going to just use it anyway, kind of an illustration to you. I was going to use guys' names, but I think I'm going to use girls' names, okay? So we got three girls. You got, you got Samantha, Samantha the same. We're going to call her Sammy same. How about if we just call her Sammy same? And then we got Betty better. And then we got Wanda worse. Okay. 
So let's just take Sammy the same or Sam same. And, and what she does is basically she just does the same thing that she's always done. She comes to church. She kind of complains about a few things, but she doesn't change anything. She just keeps doing what she's always done. And then you got this other girl named Betty Better, and she comes to church. She comes to read church. She's a little bit more consistent, and she listens to the sermon. She takes notes. She listens to the podcast. I'm just kind of putting it in at the plug. She listens to the podcast. Uh, she listens to, to the message. She, she begins to try to apply some of it. And then Wanda worse, she, don't, she didn't even come on Sunday. She skips church. And, and uh, you know what? She doesn't really read the Bible. Uh, and so you got these three different people, yet each one of them gets different results. Now, the results aren't immediately, even after six months, there doesn't seem to be a huge change between Sammy same, right, or Samantha's the same, and then you got Betty better, there's a little bit of improvement, and of course, Wanda Worth, we don't know where she's even at, right? But let's just say by the end of the year, I know it's kind of corny, guys, but by the end of the year, all of a sudden, you begin to see the difference. Sammy the same is not only the same, but Sammy the same. She's still worried. She's still frustrated. She's still struggling with things in her life. And all of a sudden, Betty better. She's got a little swag to her walk. You know, she's got this little God confidence, you know, Godfidence, right? She's got Godfidence about her. And she just seems to be more, has more faith. She's believing God. She's coming to church more. She's actually inviting people to church. And Wanda Worse, man, we don't know. She's in Las Vegas gambling. She's got, got all these bad habits going on in her life. I'm just kind of giving you an illustration. I know it's kind of corny. But, but you know what? When you begin to think of it, I'm not too far off. Am I right? Because that's what happens. Whatever you're sowing, whatever you're planting, you're going to get back. So what, what, what happens, the difference is what most people do occasionally, the person that is focused is doing it consistently. They're finding a way to be consistent in their walk with God. They're saying, you know what? I just don't want to do any old thing. I want to do the will of God. I want to pursue God with all of my heart. And you're going to begin to see it after a while. You're going to begin to see what you planted is going to begin to come back. I can't tell you how many times in just my own personal life where I begin to see if I was just faithful, if I was just consistent, God begin to bless me. And you say, amen. I, I've shared with you so many different places where I've worked and the job that I had. I, I remember I was just being consistent, not complaining. Uh, I, maybe, I, you know, maybe I felt overlooked. Maybe I felt like, you know what, all the work was being put on me. But I believe that as I begin to be consistent, at some point, it began to turn around in my favor. And I believe it will begin to happen to you. I remember reading a story about this man, and it's a true story. Uh, this assistant pastor was sharing about his dad, that his dad worked at, at this warehouse, and, and they, they, uh, they basically were distributors of, of nuts and bolts and all kinds of different things that they distributed there. And uh, his dad would get there early, and he would sweep around. And then afterwards, he would sweep. Nobody would ask him to do it. He would make sure and clean up. And his dad would do this consistently. 
And one day his dad went home and he got a notice. And the notice said, your house had been paid off. His job, the owner of the company, would notice him all the time, getting there early, sweeping around. Notice that he was always consistent. And, his, and the owner of the company said, I'm going to do something for this man. And he found out what his mortgage company was. And he went to the mortgage company and paid off his house. Why? Because somebody was consistently doing what he was supposed to do and above that. And guess what? What you sow, you reap back. I said, what you sow, you reap back. So I'm going to give you this third one. You reap after you sow. You cannot expect something to come back if you never sowed it. Right? If you never planted it, right? If you're waiting for the strawberries to grow, but you never planted any seeds, guess what? You're not getting any strawberries. Right? And so whatever you put into it, you get back. If you want your marriage to work great and you want your wife to be happy, but you never spend any time with her, you never, you never love her unconditionally. Are you hearing me? You never take care of her, but you say, oh, I just want her to love me back. Guess what? You're going to have a hard time. If you, if you want God to bless you financially, you want God to bless your life, but you never give anything. You're ne- Even though you have it, you're never generous. But you say, man, I wonder why my finances are, why am I always financially strapped? Because you're not generous. Generosity and blessing go hand in hand. So we cannot, we cannot expect a harvest if we've never planted it. You want to grow in the things of God, but you never come to church. You never read the Bible. Can I just be basic here? You never read the Bible. You never do anything, but you're saying, I'm not growing spiritually. I don't feel any closer to God. Well, you never read the word. You never worship. You know, we just want this one encounter. I want one prayer. It's going to change my whole life. It'll change you for the moment, but you got to carry that moment on. Consistently praying, reading. Are you listening to me? We're always waiting for that encounter. You haven't been in church in in months and months and months, and then you want this whole thing to just change for you in one spectacular moment, but you're not planting anything. And this is why it's very, very important today is you don't get back, you don't reap. Reaping only happens after you sow. And Many times what you plant, you get it back in a different season. This is where most Christians give up. We want to plant something, but we want it immediately to grow. I don't know if you ever did any projects in school where where they had you like put a a seed in a water jar. I think it was like beans or whatever it is. And like every, every hour I'm checking it, you know. You know, I'm a kid, you know, I'm like, hey, the next day. Is there anything there? Is there anything sprouting? How many know it takes time to sprout? And a lot of us, we, we, we want to start doing things, but we want to see immediately re, immediate results. Like, man, where's the check in the mail? Where's my, where's, where's my heavenly stimulus? Where's my, where's, my, where's my heaven stimmy? I'm looking for my heaven. I just made that up. I don't even know where that came from. Where's my stimmy? Where's my stimmy? Where's my heaven stimmy? Where's that at? What happened to it? You want, you know, I gave, I gave a dollar, you know, I want my heaven stimulated. I want the check in the mail, you know, and, and so what you plant in one season, you're going to get it in a different season, not always the same season. I'm thinking about King David. The Bible said that King David 
was in the wilderness before he ever became a warrior. And in the wilderness, you know what he was doing? He was a worshiper. In Psalm 23, it said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He wrote that scripture or wrote that verse while he was in the field taking care of the sheep. And he was learning how to take care of those sheep. And in taking care of them, he was protecting the sheep from the enemy. The Bible said that the bear came out and tried to get his sheep. And he wrestled that bear and killed it with his bare hands. Uh, I said a lion came and he killed the lion. Pooted by the beard, the Bible says. And he killed it. He protected. He learned how to protect and guide the sheep in the wilderness. Many times just being out there, just watching them for hours and taking care of. But it was during that time where in the wilderness he became a worshiper. And eventually from a worshiper he became a warrior. Because the Bible says one day, we know the story, he went to go see his brothers and they were in battle. And we know there was Goliath, this giant that was challenging the people of God. And it was David who said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that would defile the armies of the living God. He goes, I'll fight the giant. And of course, the giant told David, who are you? He goes, man, I'm, uh, you, you know what? I, I am the servant of the living God. He's the one that's going to, I'm going to chop your head off today, he told the giant. And we know the story. With one rock, he killed the giant, chopped his head off. And he went from the wilderness to a worshiper to a warrior. But can I tell you, it was a process. Sometimes it takes longer in order to make you stronger. He said, man, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking longer for me? It didn't take longer for these, but maybe because God wants to make you stronger. And when your moment comes, you're going to be stronger than you ever. When that anointing comes, when the blessing comes, when the favor comes, you're going to be ready. King David became more than he had ever thought because he was planting in the field, worshiping God, taking care of, being responsible. And I believe all of us this morning, if we'll just be faithful what God gives us, we'll be faithful in his word, if we'll be faithful to God in, his, in worshiping him, if we'll say, God, you know what? I don't understand everything in life. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to serve you no matter what. I've made up my mind a long time ago that I'm going to serve God no matter what. That I'm a child of God. Everything may not be perfect in my life. Everything may not be the way I want it to be. But all in all, I know that God's faithful. And I know that God's got my back. And maybe I'm not reaping in this season, but maybe in the next season is coming. I may not see the harvest today, but I'm going to see the harvest in the season. Because I'm going to reap what I sow. So I want to pray with you this morning. Why don't we bow our heads in reverence to God? So, Father, this morning we thank you today. Lord, that you'll reach across this building. I don't know where everybody's at in their life today. God, you do. You know the lives of people. You know the state of mind they're in. You know their spiritual condition today. But, Father, I pray you'll reach across this place right now and touch lives, even those that are watching online. God, help us to upgrade our lives by sowing the right things in this season so that we can reap it back in another season. 
God, I want to, I pray today for blessing upon people right now. Uh, they're sowing consistently the small things making a big difference. The small things that they do will make a large difference in their life today. So, Father, reach across this room and minister to people in the name of Jesus. And every head is bowed, every eye closed. Perhaps you're in this room right now, or perhaps you're watching online. And I just want to say to you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the greatest thing that you can do with your life today, is surrender your heart to him. God, God loves you. There's a the God in heaven that cares about your life. And I'm going to tell you, the minute I discovered it, and I realized that God loved me, and that God, for God so loved the world, the Bible said, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The moment I really realized that Jesus died for me, that he gave his life for me, that was the moment I gave my life to, to the Lord and surrendered my heart to him. And so if you're in this room right now, don't leave here the same way you came. You can. You can walk out the same way you came in. But I'm telling you today, if you'll give your life to Christ, if you'll say, today, I'm going to surrender my heart to him. Today, I'm going to make it right with God. He loves you. He's reaching out to you today. He wants to forgive you because the Bible says we're all sinners. There's not one righteous, not even one. Every single one of us this morning, we've fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And today God wants to give you a new life. See, Jesus died on the cross so that you can live. So if you're in this room right now, say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. You do. We all do. And today, your, your new start can start today. Your new life can start right now. Be honest with God. Say, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Would you raise your hand real quick? No, no one looking around, every eye closed, every head bowed. You say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. I need God in my life. If that's you, just quickly raise your hand. I don't want you to leave right over here. Somebody, God bless you over here. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Is there anyone else right now? You say, I need the Lord in my life. Right over here on my left, I thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else today? Anybody else today? Today's your day. It's not a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. It's too coincidental to be a coincidence I believe God's timing God's moment he sets it up so that he can touch our lives and all we have to do is respond if you haven't responded already if you haven't raised your hand already you say here's my hand pastor I need the Lord in my life here's my hand I'm not here to embarrass you I'm not here to shame anyone I'm here to encourage you and tell you the answer is Jesus that's who you're looking for is there anybody else this morning? So that's me. I need the Lord in my life. You haven't raised your hand. There's somebody else. God bless you. Over here. Thank you. God was waiting for you. This is the most important part of the service. It's not my preaching. It's not the worship. It's, those things are great. They're awesome. But it's you giving your life to Jesus. The highlight of everything that we do. 
is reaching people for Christ. God reaching down and touching your life. That is the highlight of this service. Nothing else that we do is better than you giving your life to Christ. Because, friend, we've been there. I've walked the walk that you've walked. And I can tell you, there's not one regret in my life today of giving my life to Jesus. Is there anyone else? You'd raise your hand right now. Is there anyone else? If you haven't raised your hand up already. Maybe you were once walking with God and you need to rededicate your life to him. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord, Pastor. I need to come back to Jesus. Raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already. Praise the Lord. We want to pray for you today. Would you, would you give me the honor to pray for you? If you raise your hand, you mean that? God bless you over here. Over here, amen. Back over there. Would you come and just meet me right here? Would you, I know it's hard. I'm not here to embarrass you. But we'll clap for you. Would you, someone come with them? Would you just come? God bless you. God, would you guys come right here? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I've known this girl for a long time. I haven't seen her in 40 years. My gosh. Hallelujah. God bless you. Glad you came today. Is there anybody else that wants to come? Anybody else that wants to come? Won't pray. Another, another lady here. God bless her. Come on. Give her, give her a hand today. <laughs> Hallelujah. We appreciate you coming. We're going to pray right now. Why don't we all pray together? Why don't we all bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll give you the words, but mean it from your heart, okay? I'll give you the words to the prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins change my life be Lord of my life from this day forward I will serve you in Jesus name amen let's pray for them father we thank you for every one of them God that have come here today Lord they've come forward right now and God you know their heart today I pray that you'll come in their life let them experience your love. Let them experience your grace today. Let them experience the forgiveness of God. Father, we thank you for the lives. Keep praying for them. God, we thank you. Why don't we stand together out there right now? Why don't we stand together? And I just want to take the time right now. I want to take the time to worship the Lord for a moment. But maybe today you're saying, I'm going to begin to change some things I need I need to begin to sow some just one thing and as we sing this song I want you to come to this altar right now thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount to stay connected with us follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount to give and support this podcast and ministry visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give